We have a great episode for you today, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about Ezoic. When you're a blogger or a publisher, improving your site visitor experience can increase your website revenue, and that's where Ezoic comes in. Ezoic has a Google award-winning technology that leverages artificial intelligence. Yes, that's AI. You might have heard of it. To help its users improve manage and monetize their website, which is what we all want. And it learns from website visitors with the goal of providing more personalized experiences and a better performing website. And with Ezoic's flagship ad tester technology, you can easily test thousands of ad networks, ad placements, and ad types. And Ezoic will use these to automate different ad combinations. It'll improve itself over time. And it's personalized on a per visitor basis and they have a new site speed accelerator which will optimize your website speed. I really recommend Ezoic as a suite of tools that are easy to use, can help you achieve your goals whether you want to increase revenue this year or utilize data to keep your business growing. And I want you to try Ezoic's new site speed accelerator. Go to ezoic.com slash girlboss to get a seven day free trial with no credit card information required. Don't wait. That's E-Z-O-I-C dot com slash girlboss. Hi, it's me, Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and you're listening to The Girlboss Radio. On Girlboss Radio, we explore the wins, losses, insights learned on the winding road to success, and we also try to demystify or define for ourselves what success really means. For this week's episode, we're trying something a little bit different. Uh, So by the time you hear this episode, you're probably already inundated with all sorts of Valentine's Day-themed content. And I get it, it can be really overwhelming, and especially if you're single. There's a lot of pressure, and it can be so much to handle, and I'm still trying to figure out what we're doing Friday, if I'm gonna be grumpy, if my boyfriend doesn't make a dinner reservation. It's just like, what does love mean? What do we think about Valentine's Day? What are the struggles we have in relationships and friendships and self-love? We're gonna get into all of that, and it's a unique episode in that I'm just gonna talk to my best friend, Monica, of, I don't know what, 16 years, 14, something like that. She's in New York. I hope I get to visit her soon. Uh, She was a bridesmaid at my wedding. We've had an incredible friendship and she's one of the most wise people and best writers that I know. She's actually just gonna, she's gonna read a little bit of something on the episode that she wrote about Valentine's Day. On this episode, we talk about friendships, relationships, and self-love. So let's get to it. So Monica, I guess we'll just start with something conceptual, which is what is, what is your concept of love? Oh, Sophia, thank you so much for bringing me into um, this crazy girl boss space and then asking me just the easiest question. You're so, you're I know, so I know. I'm not a great host. Uh, I should ease into it. So how was your day? <laughs> No, no, we can just go into the deep end. Um, I love that about you. You don't, you know, you don't mince words. So let's do this. Let's let's do my concept of love. I, oh, well, first of all, thank you. I think one of my concepts of love is that we get to do 
this friendship thing for 16 years. So um, consistency, I guess, um, through like ups and downs and challenges. And um, I don't know, kind of like a renewed chemistry, right? Like you, it almost surprises you that, you know, after a few days in the beginning and a few weeks and a few months and a few years, you still have that. It doesn't have to be massive, you know, like hard pounding chemistry, but there's always something there in the pit of your stomach that's a good feeling, not a bad feeling. Um, so, yeah, I think chemistry and consistency, my, my, my two words for love. Just kind of rolling through the punches with people because there's going to be ups and downs and whether that's in relationships or friendships, there are always those awkward moments that you ha just have to trust that you're going to get over with the other person and be committed to regardless of how <laughs> gnarly, you know, some of those experiences can be, you know, because commitment is the thing that like really overrides challenges. And so I totally agree with you. And some people say that, I mean, and this could go for <laughs> friendships as well, that, you know, a good relationship is like good 80% of the time. And I think that's probably pretty fair. Uh, and that's something that people don't really talk about. I think we watch these movies growing up and it's, you know, puppies and love and hearts and this quirky, you know, girl who's, you know, dropping things and then finds this guy who whisks her away and whatever. And it's not, it's not really, it can be, I guess, for someone, but it's, it's just not necessarily like that. It's not that simple. It's not always tied with a bow at the end. Also because there isn't necessarily an end as there has to be in a movie, but it's a lot more complicated than that. And it's one of the best things ever. And it's one of the most challenging things ever. Um, but it's, just extremely rewarding to commit to a friendship or a relationship in a way that, you know, you're not with other people and you're catching up with other people. But like, it's very different when you like have a deep love for someone else. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, I just realized that there's something else about it that always kind of moves me um, like a good faith thing, like, you know, like a trust that even if things aren't working out, um, you're willing to be honest and even lose the relationship or lose the friendship because you respect that person. It's like a really weird contradiction. And I think one of the, one of the most sort, sort of like, there's a lot of contradictions with love, but that's like one that really always touches me is the fact that you're precisely because you're willing to sort of almost sacrifice the consistency and the commitment and because even underneath all of those like safety nets there's um good faith desire to be honest and be really transparent with the person but also with yourself and I think one thing that always kind of bothered me with the way that you know love and romance is sort of framed is that they they I mean they the culture I guess um, doesn't really give enough credit to the to the darkness and the sadness and the heartbreak of love and kind of is afraid of it. Um, you know, there's so much um, self-knowledge that we can get and there's so much confidence that we can get when we start to realize that we can walk, walk into that dark 
you know, pit of our stomach or that sort of really hard truth and sit down with someone and say, you know what, because I respect you, because I respect all the time we've been together, um, blah, 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 blah. This is like the hardest thing I'm ever going to say. And ironically, I found in my life that it's when I can do that, that the relationship gets stronger. Um, you know, it surprises me again and again. Um, I think, you know, in my, in my history, I n never felt pressured to be in a relationship, never felt like it, and, and I was really lucky for that. I never felt like I needed a, a partner. I needed, you know, to sort of settle down. And in fact, I kind of, um, kind of avoided it. I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like distract myself. I want to, like, you know, get some shit done in my life. Um, and then I guess it kind of created enough space in my brain, like in the love sector that I didn't have it. It wasn't filled with expectations. So I could like pay attention to people. So the people that I ended up bringing into my life or being, you know, humbled and, 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 and you know, kind of lucky enough to have, have them accept me, they were, um, I don't know, they were really good to me. And I could be in love. I mean, I've been in love for so many years of my life. I was just thinking about this. Like, um, so I feel really lucky that way. But I think the key advantage for me was that nobody ever pressured me. There were no expectations to have that partnership. And so I never really felt like I needed to make it work, you know, and have it like it, if, if, if it falls apart, you know. And that freedom gave me a little bit more, I think, um, you know, uh, connection with myself and my instincts. Having said that, it took me a long time. It took me a full, very long relationship to let, like, to let myself actually, like, open up to someone. So it wasn't until my second relationship that I actually started to open up to, to people. So I think that's the other thing. It's like we're, you know... We're told that we have to do this thing, and then we're not told that it takes a long time to, like, build the muscles to know how to um, do love, you know? Anyway, sorry, that was a speech. No, I completely agree, and I think it's really... It's like a word. It's like, I feel like you're not opening up. It's like, you know, you watch The Bachelor and they're like, I feel you're like you're not being vulnerable and you're not, you know, there's surface vulnerability that's like, hey, let me tell you about a difficult time in my life rather than like true emotional vulnerability, which opens up a totally different kind of dynamic that isn't the kind of TV version of that. And I agree that the people you care about the most are the people that you should feel comfortable with and you should demand from honesty and the opportunity to grow and hopefully the patience and empathy that comes with true love and and that's something that has made me so so much better as a person, as challenging as it has been, whether it's you and I arguing about fancy ketchup over an $18 hamburger. <laughs> when I realized that there were gourmet hamburgers for the first time, I was like, what is this $18 hamburger in New York? I cannot believe what what dummies would pay I can get a hamburger for eight dollars this was like a time when it was just like you know designer jeans hadn't happened yet and like denim was like 80 bucks right like it was just like a different time when like gourmet 
kind of fast foodie kind of vibe. Anyway, we have a lot of examples of this. Do you have there's any? A lot, there's, a, there's a lot of trauma between us around <laughs> that ketchup story. Yeah, it's, it's never going away. Um, Do what, I have any? Is there an example of a time where, like, you recall my memories shot, but like where I did this for you or a friend did this for you and was like, yo, like you need to get it together. Um, so many times. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I, um, in fact, I think like even back to the like relationship thing, um, you know, my current sort of more grown up relationship started with, hey, you got to get it together. And it wasn't really, it was a kind of a first date thing where I was doing a test. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. How do, do you really, you know, is that opinion really sound? Or are you just pulling that out of your ass? You know, like kind of very, you know, I was feeling vulnerable by the attraction. I was feeling sort of sort of soft and and, you know, moved. And so therefore my nails, you know, my claws came out. And um, the person just kind of had, was taking none of it. Like, sorry, you know, this is not really working out. And I had to really swallow my pride and admit that that was, a, that was me. That was my fault. And I, I, and I had to explain why. And you know, when, when you barely know someone you, and you have to tell them, I was doing that because I feel something for you it like so soon it's just terrifying you know but I think that um that's when I immediately sense like okay um I'm gonna be um sort of brought to a to I don't know a better place in myself a higher place in myself um I can't you know um I can't play games with this person um or I can't get away with my defenses you know um, and that was really moving and, and, and the next step of that relationship was really about, um, us exchanging instead of vows or like promises, it was the opposite. It was us exchanging. Like, um, I remember we literally planned this. We're like, okay, tomorrow we get together and you're going to tell me all the scariest things that you never want anyone to know about yourself and vice versa. And it was just a way to put everything on the table right in the beginning. I think that's um, really interesting because I was watching, I don't know, there's some like show about like weird facts on, or maybe, no, 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 no. It's a Vox show about love, sex. Basically the whole thing is about like relationships, sex, like, you know, pleasure. And when they talk about love, they they refer to this New York Times article that's like, I don't know if it's 36 or 50 questions that can lead to love if partners ask them of one another and it's such an interesting way to accelerate uh you know knowledge of someone else beyond like attraction to have those conversations that's almost just like hey ask me a question cool ask me a question and when I started dating my current partner Galen we he was up in Northern California taking care of his father who was dying of cancer and I was dealing with a divorce and a struggling business. And so we were kind of just there for each other. And we FaceTimed every single night. We could talk for three hours. We could talk for five hours, which is like, I can't talk to anybody for five hours. And we just like asked each other questions and nothing was really off limits. And it was just like, 
we were super bored and vulnerable and supporting one another, but also just getting to know one another. And it wasn't romantic in any way. And then it became romantic. Um, And I think through those early conversations that, you know, allow us to get to know the other person, uh, create vulnerability uh, between two people. So kind of like a, you know, rather than finding that out six months later that someone's view of the world is X, Y, Z, it's really kind of great to do that up front, just to dive in feet first rather than spend five years with someone and be like, oh shit, this is not the right thing. At Girl Boss, we're all about curiosity and lifetime learning. Today's conversation is just that. And that's why I think Skillshare is a great way to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. It's a sense of play. Ongoing education can give us tactical skills that we can take into the world and use, but it can also, we can take a course on watercolor painting. And that's something that it's just having a hobby (laughs) is a hard thing in this world. And Skillshare can also help you with that. It's an online learning community that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of real fellow creatives Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real personal growth. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable in comparison to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. That's like a latte or something. That's like an expensive matcha plus tax plus tip, which um, like some of us actually pay for here. It's like uh, embarrassing. I'm such a chump. But what's not chumpy is ongoing education. And right now I'm taking a really cool class that I need called Email Productivity. Work smarter with your inbox. And Lord knows I need this. My inbox is, I don't, I don't even, files, folders, tags, archive. I don't, I don't even know. Um, so I think everybody needs some work in this area. And I found this class to be incredibly helpful. And as you could guess, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of Girl Boss Radio, long-term partner of Girl Boss Radio, which means that they like what we're doing here and it resonates with our audience, which is why they keep coming back, which means people like you are using Skillshare by going to Skillshare.com boss. So you can explore your creativity at Skillshare.com boss and get two free months of premium membership. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes, thousands of classes for free. So get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash boss. That's Skillshare.com slash boss. I kind of want to just go back to friendship. And I think you'll describe this so much better than I will. But I want to talk about how we met. Um, Because it's really unique and really cool and almost like falling in love. Um, But Like, what's your recollection of, you know, it started on the internet. I mean, this was 2004, I think. I was living in Portland. I was, you know, had just finished stripping and stealing and getting arrested and all kinds of stupid shit. And I was leaving my alcoholic boyfriend. And you can take it from here. I just want to, like, cue um, the, I don't know, like, a speech I made once where I described all this, I think when I was much drunker and I could do it better. But yeah, I guess this is like almost like a love letter to the internet, which is really weird. You know, you're not supposed to say that the internet is a good thing, but, um, 
you and I, I think, were pretty lonely in our respective lives at the time because, not because we didn't have friends or we didn't have partners, but because I think we were going through a lonely time. And I think that's okay for people to go through basically like, I'm changing and nothing around me is reflecting um, the kind of person I'm becoming. And then you in the like funny, weird kind of uh, references that you would put out there and the, the way the cadence of your talking, I remember we would like G-chat or whatever. Um, I was like, this sounds like the wor world and the feeling and the mood that I'm, I need. Like I need this kind of thinking. I need this kind of approach to life. And so one day, I think as a prank, you said, um, hey, I'm taking you haul down to San Francisco. You want to come? And I think as a prank. We had never I met. Said, we had never met before. Yeah. This I was think all on G-chat. talked on the phone like once maybe. We talked about art, I think, a lot and like music. Um, and um, and I, I basically literally as a prank said, um, yeah, sure. And I think this is it's it's an important example of how being um, kind of daring with your mouth, with your words, just saying stuff and being kind of blunt and fi finding people you can do that with is important. If you say something ridiculous and they don't judge you, then that's great. Like you can hear yourself say that's ridiculous. But sometimes you can say something ridiculous that you actually really mean. And until you say it, you don't even know you mean it. So when I said it, I was like, wait a minute, I kind of, this is stupid, but I kind of do want to do this. I mean, why would I want to do this? I don't know, but I'm, yeah, we should do this. Sitting so, in the U-Haul for tw 14 hours driving from Portland yeah. to. I mean, I know, but I showed up, you know, from the airport at night from Portland, from New York to, to Portland. And uh, we met, I think in a gas station or some in front of some hotel and you drove up in a U-Haul and you were this like tiny babe, you know, like with your big kind of eyes and like you li literally look like a lemur with like gorgeous hair. And, and I was like, oh my God, this person's adorable. And like, we don't even know each other, but we, I, I didn't feel awkward. Like I felt awkward for like maybe a split second, like getting into a car with a total stranger. But then I realized that we both felt that way. And then I was like, all right, this is fine. We're just both like totally out of our minds. Totally fine. And as soon as you said that you were jet blue lagged, I knew I knew it was fate. I was okay. I love a good pun. A, this no, you love a bad pun. You uh, love a bad pun. They're all this, they're all good. Yeah. I built my career on puns, just for the record. Um I think I think that kind of points to spontaneity as something important in friendships and in love is that mm -hmm. you're willing to Take yourself out of your comfort zone. Say yes to things that maybe you shouldn't. I mean, hopefully don't put yourself in too much danger. But that's the th whatever. It's the spice of life. I mean, it's super cheesy. But in all of the books that you read about relationships, doing activities together out in the world that are a dynamic where you're like, you know, challenged and getting to know one another. And it's like all very kind of like textbook. But it, it's real. And um, when friends are up for, you know, spontaneity becomes more and more challenging as life goes on. And I'm sure as you have children, but it's um, it's those kinds of experiences. It's not like getting dinner with somebody that's on your calendar to get to know them that 
creates deep lasting friendships it's just not that it's not like formatted in any way it's like taking a trip with someone like experiencing something crazy taking psychedelics whatever going on a weird like walk and finding some weird shit or I you know I think the list of all of those you know of 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 those experiences in my friendships and relationships goes on and on but I think the Wait, can I ask you a question before we we change the subject? Yeah. So I never asked you this before, but when you said that about me um, uh, coming to Portland to drive down with you to San Francisco, what were you thinking? Like, literally, were you like, eh, she's not going to do it? Or were you like... Oh, no, that's just the kind of person I am. I didn't think you would do it, but I was completely serious. It was, you know, I, I, I do things like that even today but now it's you know safe things like let's go to Disneyland unprompted (laughs) but um you know I was what 20 I was 21 it was way pre pre nasty gal I you know went and got a job at a photo lab once I moved to San Francisco but we took that U-Haul down and talked for 14 hours and then you helped me move you helped me move in yeah, I took you to. I remember taking, taking, like walking you to the photo lab. I remember you were kind of nervous, and it was just like on whatever that mission and whatever market or some whatever intersection. Um, and you were like, "All right, I'm going to drop my my resume off." And you know, it was just like so. Everything was so new. Like everything was so new. It was um, like a resume with like almost nothing on it and jobs that lasted three months that said like things like highly proficient prowess and like words that totally didn't describe my experience whatsoever. But sometimes fancifying your experience with a few words can go a long way. I still have that that resume. Um, yeah, I worked at a gift shop in Portland and I don't know, nothing really. You know, I really have, I have a... I think I emailed this to you, but I don't know if I emailed you the actual letter. Um, I I found a letter that you sent me from Carmelita from where you moved in. Yeah. Um, did I send, did I, this was recently, did I email you the actual photo of the letter? Uh, I can't remember most things. Do you mind if I read it? <laughs> Please. Okay, you ready? It's going to bring us back. Okay, so this is from Carmelita. It's October 16th. Okay. Hello, many, many, many O's. So... Now we are pen pals. Forgive me if I get emotional. Okay, I might get emotional. Um, I brought a half bottle of wine. I have it like in my bag um, to day drink in case I get emotional. But all right. That's not in the letter. Like you actually have a half bottle of wine in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I brought it. I mean, it's like actually a law in New York now. They just passed it that all podcasters in New York must drink wine while they podcast. It does get better. Yeah. Hello. So now we are pen pals. I write you and hopefully some Polaroids will show up in the mail one of these days. I've taken up a recent obsession with stationery. It's cheap and fun and not too tacky. I may just have a place to live in SF and have several job leads. So wow, this shit's happening. And I'm writing it like a fucking wave. Okay, and then in big font, big text. I love Neil Young. It never, (laughs) no, it gets better. I love Neil Young. It never gets old. He is freedom on tape. Free. Let's be free. Let's make art that's free. Do you get it? Or am I the only one that sees the difference between my take on free and the tired popular take? Maybe I'm one of the millions. 
I need to learn how to be alone better. Soon enough, I'll be forced to. I'll miss blank name. I hope this letter. Who? Who? Your, Wade? Your, yeah. Okay. So I'll miss Wade. 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 It's a good name. Wade. Come on. Um, I hope this letter wasn't stupid. Let's hang out. Your friend, Sophia. Oh, my God. Dude. That was my um, writing's really like jilted. <laughs> like, no, it was really, I think, careful. I think you were, I mean, this is, a, this is how it felt. Like it felt really new and like big at the same time, you know, but that fucking, I love Neil Young. It never gets old. Oh. Neil Young, you can listen to Neil Young in California and drive through California and it's really different than listening to Neil Young in like New Jersey. Like it just like it just kind of doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Like no offense to, but it's just like Neil Young turns California into a church when you listen to him. Totally. But we also listen to like Lee Hazel and shit on the in, in the car. Remember, you just had like good taste in music. I was like, what? I did. <laughs> and then I got a job crazy. and it never evolved past that. But um, all right, moving on. You wrote something. You just wrote some back to Valentine's Day, okay? Because mm. we're kind of I don't know. This is I, I I don't want this to be a structured conversation. Okay, yes. But okay, wait. You Valentine's wrote Day, something. good or bad? Hot take. Um, what you have one answer? Okay, you can, you can have a third answer. Good, good. Okay. Any right. excuse to love yourself or love someone else or even contemplate love, self love, as uncomfortable as it can be. The fact that, you know, you can buy stuffed animals and chocolates and cards, great, you know, go to dinner, blow money, fine. But anything that I think provokes us to ask ourselves those questions about our relationship, our relationships, ourselves, is a good thing despite all of the cultural kind of, like, <laughs> all the cultural kind of like cl like clouds that uh, linger over this holiday mm -hmm. that creates so much expectation of our partners and you know get me flowers you didn't get me flowers like well, it's an exam it's like an it's like a love test it totally is it totally is ship station I don't think that's their jingle, but I've talked a lot about ShipStation on Girlboss Radio. It's an incredibly powerful platform that allows you to print out shipping labels, pull all of your online orders, whether it's from Etsy, Shopify, Squarespace, wherever it is that you're selling online, ShipStation works with you. And you can use ShipStation on your computer or even with your phone. Uh, ShipStation helps you figure out the best way to ship every package and you get the benefit of the fact that they are buying en masse from USPS, FedEx, and UPS. And so you get discounts on shipping costs because they're working in bulk with these shipping carriers. So you get the same postage discounts usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. Uh, and we use ShipStation here at Girlboss. We're going to hopefully do a little bit more merch this year, put it online. People love our sweatsuits, which we've done a little bit of online, but we really want to bring that to you guys. And ShipStation has made that possible for us. And we're going to be ramping it up later this year. And I know so many of you have online stores, so this is a big one. Right now, Girlboss Radio listeners get to try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code GIRLBOSS. So see for yourself why ShipStation is rated number one by online sellers. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in GIRLBOSS. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code GIRLBOSS. ShipStation, make ship happen.
but you wrote something. You wrote something about Valentine's Day that you sent me earlier, and I, I just, I want to share it with our listeners. Are you open to to doing that? Yeah, I do. Um, let me see if I've got it here. I think I do. But um, so the thing is, I, I wrote it as a kind of, um, it's like a post for for like a blog, not my blog, but someone else's blog. And um, I thought, you know, Valentine's Day freaks me out. So my relationship, I think, I think there's like two kinds of people that love Valentine's Day. It's people who have no experience in love or just kind of like really, really new to it or have gone through it and are on the other side and are like really grateful, like super confident. And then everybody else, I'd say 99.999% of us are really conflicted about it. Not so much love, but like our ability to do it right, right? So I think this was, um, yeah, kind of my like weird uh, love-hate letter. Maybe even just hate letter? No, I think it's a love-hate letter (laughs) to, um, you know, Valentine's Day. So um, I'm not sure if it's short or long, but I'm going to just start it. And then at some point, like, you can like throw in like a comment and then we can stop it, but whatever. Okay. So, um, the heading is who's afraid of Valentine's day. And, um, the subhead is how to check all the boxes and mean them. Um, so starts for the true romantics among us. February 14th is notoriously the worst date for a date. Commercialization is only partly to blame. We suspect that the heart itself, a contrarian by nature, can throw the best laid plans gleefully under the bus just cause. Or is it just cause? If you've been acing your relationship with sweet prowess all year, don't be modest, we see you. Yet the mere whisper of the date makes your blood run cold, don't panic. You're not bad at love. You're just, pardon the pun, okay, you're going to love this, Sophia, V-shy. It's a bad pun. Um, a perfectly normal condition that affects approximately 209,128,094 Americans. That's all the adults in America each year. <laughs> Symptoms include, but are not limited to, insecurity, indecisiveness, loss of appetite, overeating, mood swings, hair frizz, and an irrational hatred of everything in one's closet. If it's any consolation, we believe it happens precisely because you're too good at love. No heart should be forced to prove itself, let alone do so on cue, en masse, and in public. It makes absolute sense that precisely when you need it the most, the old ticker puts a freeze on your nerves. Here are three strategies to outsmart your heart, or at least to talk it gently back to the negotiation table. Ooh, tell us, tell us. On its own terms. Okay. So I split it into three, I guess, ingredients that I think are important for Valentine's Day. The gift, the outfit, or the look, and then the plan. So the gift. Our advice is let it all hang out. Valentine's Day can easily feel like a PDA parade. Add social media and it's a downright beauty pageant, complete with envy, shame, and ill-advised costume choices. You'd be forgiven for wanting to skip it altogether, but we recommend otherwise. This Valentine's Day, you have our permission to let it all hang out, not because you have to, but because you can. The freedom to be ourselves and love whom we want and feel safe and accepted doing so may seem like a given, but in reality, it's a precious and hard-won human right. Underneath the vanity and the hype, PDA on Valentine's Day is a collective reminder that love itself is a safe space, and we must all come together to keep it that way. Um, Okay, and then we have a hot tip. Skip the filters and the fancy backdrop. Parade your sleepy morning selfies, flash your sweaty workout bulges, 
display your last-minute pre-dinner wardrobe malfunctions. As long as you don't judge the real you, no one else can. So that's basically, you know, how to, how to sort of present yourself without all that pressure to look perfect. That's the outfit. And then for the gift, um, our advice. Okay. Oh, my God, another pun. I Ooh. think I'm like acing the puns uh, with you specifically. Uh, <laughs> our advice, think outside the bucks. There's a myth that we must prove our affection. The heart-shaped bucks. Huh? But maybe think outside the heart-shaped bucks. Bucks. That's like a box. good. Ooh, I, I feel like that's a little it. convoluted. I don't but think But it's good. It's good. I like it. Better. The more contrived, okay. the better. Okay. There's a, myth, <laughs> there's a myth that we must, quote unquote, prove our affections with a financial sacrifice. And the market sure loves us for it. Collectively, our Valentine's splurges bring in $18 billion each year. But does our partner... Not necessarily. According to a recent Harris poll, money is the main cause of stress for couples, and especially for those between 18 and 54. An expensive gift can set unhealthy expectations and put a burden on the relationship. So we say, skip the splurge. It's never worth the hangover. Here's a hot tip. Bank on a truly special gift, one that takes deep, thoughtful consideration and a real, crea- and real creative legwork. For instance, an object made locally to your specifications by someone sought out and chosen carefully and to whom you'll return next Valentine's to add another piece to the collection. Humans are profoundly sentimental creatures by nature, right? I just like save all your letters from 16 years ago. Um, a ritual with a story. That's a luxury worth every penny. So you have this story. Um, the gift that you always bring up is a certain necklace, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I all my favorite gifts that I've received or that I've given have been sort of somehow weirdly made and sometimes they're really awkward and quirky and I keep every single one. It's like, you know, that's my precious treasure chest. You know? Buying stuff doesn't really, you know, it's like really thinking about that person and what's personal between the two of you and what they'll really love and buying, you know, you can buy people candles, like that's fine. But what's so much better is just a hand, like a card that someone doodled on, you know, mm-hmm. or Isabella, right? Our friend will like watercolor a really beautiful um, card and yeah. like it's a piece of art and she writes in really, you know, beautiful script something really really heartfelt and often does it unprompted just yes. for no ho- holiday the other thing, right. no reason because she's just grateful for our friendship and often it's those moments that aren't on holidays that mean so much more than this you know performative like gift giving and sitting across a table from one another trying to make conversation and you know, feel like, oh, my God, this has to be the best conversation and the most romantic night. Otherwise, like, what's wrong with us? And you know the other part that I just thought about? Um, I know when whenever I've done this or when my partner has done this for me, when they're, like, super excited about a gift, it's usually one of those gifts that it's just like, oh, my God, I can't wait to give you this gift. It's so weird. I mean, I did... I, I, I want to... I don't want to tell you because it's too soon, but I've been, just been doing all this stuff. And it's like... The fact that the process of getting that gift for your, you know, significant other gets you excited about it, it's so cute, you know? It's like it, it sort of transcends, like, trying to impress someone or trying to deliver, trying to, like, check that box. It's like, oh, my God, like, we're kind of doing it for each – like, we're kind of collaborating on this, you know? And it feels really good. Um, yeah, it's really gratifying to give to people. It's also interesting, you know, we all have – I guess our love languages. Are you familiar with this? Mm-mm. 
Oh, wow. And I don't remember what they all are. And I think a lot of our listeners probably do. But there's a book. It's called The Five Love Languages. I I think it's worth a read. And everybody has a different love language and their primary love languages. You know, for me, it's like words of affirmation and like gifts, which, you know, it is what it is. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's like superficial or whatever, but it's not. It's like I want to know that someone's thinking of me. I want to hear, you know, I want that they were thinking of me when I wasn't around. I Mm -hmm. need to hear from them constant affirmation which is a whole nother thing but for some people getting gifts isn't the thing Mm -hmm. like I get Galen gifts the best gift I ever got him was I made a screen printed custom Amazon Prime sweatpants and a sweatshirt because we had talked about it for a long time and we thought it'd be like really funny and cool so I like made him custom like Amazon Prime sweatsuit and that was like the best gift. That was I think. awesome. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but gifts aren't really a thing to him. Like I can, can get him nice stuff and he's like, cool, thanks. It's just not his language. But that his wasn't language... even a gift. That was like, a, again, that was like a, that was kind of a prank. That was kind of a game, right? So. But it's personal. It's like, oh, wow. Like you've listened to our conversations. You've thought of me, yep. you know. And it's a, like um, an inside thing too joke joke, yeah yeah something no one else will ever know the significance of unless you tell them oh my god zip recruiter zip recruiters been a really also longtime partner of girl boss radio we know that a lot of our listeners have growing businesses and whether you're hiring your first employee or your fifth or your 50th employee zip recruiters for you Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how difficult hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. And it is, it's just recruiting is so, so, so hard, as you know, finding the right people. But Gretchen switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash girlboss. So if you don't know how ZipRecruiter works, It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. We just get a litany of unqualified resumes. So ZipRecruiter finds candidates for you and delivers them to you. Um, So using ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen, for example, found it easier to focus on the best ones. And then she found the right one. And in fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash girlboss. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-I-R-L-B-O-S-S. So this brings me to the final part, which is the plan. Um, and it really does kind of speak to the same thing that we're just talking about. So for for great plan, our advice is, um, and I, I call it hotwire your ESP or maybe jumpstart your ESP um, or psychic powers. Um, so now that you've chucked the bells and whistles of Valentine's Day, you have one box left to check. Come up with something to do that's intimate genuine, special, a plan that says, quote unquote, soulmate, no pressure, and no wonder if you're still drawing a blank. Here's the good news. You don't have to be a mind reader to deliver like one. While meaningful ideas suggest a kind of couple's ESP, 
It's important to remember that magic is made, not born, that soulmate is just woo-woo for soulful companion, and that psychic connections come from two brains paying close attention to one another's hearts. So this is back to what you were saying before. It's just kind of paying attention to, to the details and sort of like thinking about somebody. When it comes to the perfect plan, you've already got this, literally. You just need to dig it out from the back of your panic-stricken brain. Hot tip. Reflect on the backburnered aspects of your partner's life. Missed opportunities, secret hopes, pet causes, wacky interests. It may help to look through your shared photos or favorite social media links they've sent you over the past year. Some of the most romantic plans are based not on abstract ideas of romance, but on the concrete acknowledgement of our significant other's wildest dreams. Your Valentine's Day plan doesn't have to make those dreams come true. It just has to say, I believe in them too. I believe in you. Chances are, the third time you come across that link to the organic goat farm, you'll know where to take your sweetheart on Valentine's Day. For bonus points, make it a surprise and bring rubber boots. Hey, you could even make them part of your present. So this idea of kind of like, how do you, you know, this, this, first of all, this fake pressure of like, if you're a real couple, you have this magic and you can just magically like know what they want to do. It should be so easy. And, you know, especially on cue, we, you know, you have to fake spontaneity sometimes. You got to do some preparation for spontaneity, you know? You know, grown up, <laughs> grown up things. Yeah. So that's it. That's my I, story. I love the hot tips. Thanks. I just, I want to use hot tip in my like day to day life when I talk to people from now on. Maybe it's kind of condescending in when you say it out loud. I don't know. I know it's not in an article, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you and like the stuff that I really, really want to do for. Galen is like take him to CERN like you know the like whatever quantum physics situation or dude take me to yeah right or like the jet propulsion laboratory and go get on like a special tour man you you just ruined it can you imagine if that was like a total surprise he's never he's not gonna listen listen he'll never ever listen to this okay all right um and I think like you know all of what we're talking about and to 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 have the foundation of a healthy relationship or healthy friendships is really starts with self-love. Yep. And that's a challenging thing. We're expected to love other people when we haven't even mastered self-love. I don't even know who masters Dude, we're, it. we're not allowed to self. Did you hear? Like, did you get the memo? Like, we're not allowed to feel good about ourselves. I mean, there's like a whole feeling of like guilt and shame, you know, about being quote unquote self-indulgent. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I think there's a healthy amount of entitlement that people don't talk about because that word is so gross and sounds really selfish, but we all should demand for ourselves the space and time that we need, the rituals that we need, you know, the treatment that we need in relationships. All of those things are self-love. And um, sometimes saying no is often for me saying no is Mm -hmm. pretty much all I do is say no and, you know and self love myself while like watching the bachelor which is just in- entirely problematic but you know what it's hard to talk about and it's hard to do and it's such a it's such a like pose too like there's so many people talking about self love and like posting about self love on Instagram and i don't want to knock them but it is also performative right mm-hmm. vulnerabilities performed on social media in a way that's like really praised where it's like you're being 
kind of praised for putting your shit out into the world in a way where it can almost be egotistical Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable publicly on social media. So there's like the pose that is self-love and there's the pose that's like piety and spirituality and, you know. And and sort of like virtue signaling, like the, the idea that, you know, you know the better more enlightened way to be you or something, which I'm not even going to judge because who who knows, you know, I, I don't even want to like go there into that, that dimension. But I 100% agree that what it does is create a sense for other people of being like, I, I'm not good enough. I like, I don't even deserve to do that process because this person's like 110 pounds and doing self-love with like palm trees behind them like in like on a you know on an ocean front in an ocean front villa and i think one thing i i think that's so accessible about you and it's actually a question that i that i wanted to ask you i don't know if we'll get to to talk about this but like the fact that you are constantly sort of on the one hand saying like yes let's celebrate what we've achieved but on the other hand you're always kind of like I don't know, like making fun of yourself and like winking at all of this stuff. And I think it makes people understand that you're going through a huge process yourself of trying like this, this, the stuff doesn't work. Like, you know, feeling good about yourself requires a whole different, like way deeper, you know, cave dive to actually feel good. And that makes, I think it's like super subversive. I think it kind of like, you know, so it's it's what makes me feel so like you know impressed and proud of you. And then the how it relates to the relationship is just like, you know, having that stuff be public. And you know, but that's again, that's a whole other whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's the answer to your question. Oh yeah, um, that's true. That is the so answer. Right? There's a couple questions, and I'm just gonna do this, even though this is not like a normal episode of Girl Boss Radio. But I'm just gonna ask you these questions because I love you, and I want to hear your answers. And you want to put me on the spot. I love and I want to put you on the spot, just like my first question was like, "What's your definition of love?" Just and by like, the way, what? I'm a podcast virgin, so thanks. Thanks for being really gentle with me there. Oh my Good god. Job. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Girl Boss Moments. It's something we do on every episode of Girl Boss Radio. It's a time in your most recent history that I guess you practiced self-love. That's actually what it is. And so, Monica, in your most recent history, what would you say your Girl Boss Moment has been? So I stood up for myself. Um, I think that I have a tendency to kind of like uh, avoid conflict and like really, you know, um, and then, you know, it reaches like a a temper thing or whatever. Um, And I think that there was a moment where I was, was avoiding, like I, you know, kind of left the room in a huff and I'm like, you know, screw this. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to get into a fight, but I do deserve to hear myself stand up for myself, like talk about this calmly and tell someone what I was really feeling thinking and feeling. And that is, I think, a great definition, at least for me, of self-love is that in doing that, I'm letting the other person um, like experience something more fair and more just too. So the self-love that I gave myself, which was like, I deserve to go back in there, sit down calmly and say, look, I'm a for what it's worth. I need to say this. I need to, to get it off my chest. I need to be as clear as possible was also exactly what that person needed to hear. 
And mm-hmm. so, hey, that's my moment. Self-love can be loving to yeah. other people. And boundaries are really one of the kind of like the really the basis of self-love. And it sounds like you accomplished both. <laughs> I feel so proud of myself. Though. Thanks oh, for reminding me of that. That was kind of a big deal for me. Monica, what does success mean to you right now? Um, okay. Um, success means letting myself do all of the ugly, middle, messy middle drafts of my life patiently and with love. That is success. Like all of the like, oh, this, this, this sentence sucks. This chapter sucks. This book sucks. Like I'm so bad at this or this painting or whatever you're doing. Like it's so bad. And I totally am acing it just by doing it again and trying again and trying again. So um, I think that I've been really successful lately at being willing to just kind of almost happily and proudly just be really bad at stuff over and over and over again until it gets really good in the last on the last lap. That's news to me and I know that's something that you struggle with so it's cool to get that update from you and I can't wait to see all the garbage you're creating. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure it's beautiful and extremely well written and incredibly thoughtful just like you. Um, Monica, thank you so much for joining me on today's very special Valentine's Day episode of Girl Boss Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Sophia. And um, once again, you, you push me out of my comfort zone and that's why I love you. So... All right, that's it this week. I had a great time talking with Monica. I hope it wasn't too inside baseball-y or too much of a bummer. Uh, I love her. I hope you love the conversation. And as always, thank you so much for downloading and streaming Girl Boss Radio every week. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave us a rating or review. It really helps people discover the show. And of course, we always want to reach as many people as possible. That's it from me. I will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.